Welcome to the Filipino American Woman Project's podcast show brought to you by our family on the newfilipina.com. We're your co-hosts, Jen Amos and Nani Dominguez-Smith. After three seasons of sharing stories for Panais and by Panais, we've gained the knowledge and language to articulate our experiences. And now we're ready to tell our own. As we venture off into the world of business partnership, we want to bring you along for the ride. Keep listening to hear how we explore our Panay identities together as podcasters, content creators, and entrepreneurs. Now, let's get into the show. Yay! Hey everyone, happy Freaky Friday, by the way. It's October 13th. Filipino Friday. <laughs> yes, yes, happy Freaky Filipino Friday. Say so that's five times fast, someone. And it's um, Friday yes. the 13th. Yes, it is Friday the 13th. In addition to Filipino American History Month, or October being Filipino American History Month, it's also known as the Spooky Month. And historically, actually in the past, we brought on Sapphire Sandalo, if you remember that, Nani, and we had her come on in the past, oh, like, you know, speak and talk about like spooky stuff and Filipino folklore. And yeah. I believe last year, all all four of us, including Stacey, we talked about Tresse yeah. because that was like a Philippines inspired comic book that made it onto Netflix. So mm-hmm. anyway, fast forward to today and apologies if my audio is out. I feel like I'm going slow right now on camera. I'm not using my good laptop, <laughs> but we are going to keep today really brief. We're going to keep it to 30 minutes and talk about what we discussed at the end of our session last Friday. So last Friday, we wanted to talk about like having a, a meditative practice before diving into, you know, our Filipino American history, because for Fawns this year, the theme is very heavy. It's a, It's very heavy. And I think that one thing that I realize we never do, Nani, is we don't mentally prepare ourselves to embrace this stuff. It, it is very emotionally charging. And is that a word charging? It's emotionally charging yes. <laughs> and yeah, charge. and triggering. And Oh, thank you. Charge. Emotionally charged and triggering. And I love how Stacey suggested that we should do some kind of meditative practice before getting into this. So I'm really going to give this to Stacey to, to run with for the next 30 minutes. Uh, but before I do, Nani, any nice things you want to say to her that you can say to me? Because I know she's uncomfortable hearing it. Go ahead. Yeah. She's uncomfortable, but she's also, I think, like being forced to get comfortable with us yes. making her uncomfortable. So I think we'll just continue with the, the theme that we have going here. But yeah, I think I just want to reiterate what I said in part one of our recording that we did in the episode before this, which is... If you have been lucky enough to be a student of Stacy's or just share space with her in community, in sisterhood, in friendship, in family, you know, wherever you might find her, you should consider yourself just very blessed because she really brings a holistic approach to. <laughs> Are you uncomfortable yet? She brings such a holistic approach to this really heavy topic of Filipino American history. And as we were discussing a little bit before we hopped on live today, there is just so many layers and it's such a convoluted topic. And there's such convoluted subtopics that like, you know, are again, layered into history in general, but especially colonialism and Filipino American history more specifically. And, you know, I haven't really seen anybody else 
in this podcasting space, at least say like, hey, before we get into this, you know, or even during during our conversations or afterwards, like, let's take a moment to center our well-being, to ground ourselves and to remember like why we're having these conversations. So, yeah, I think Stacy mentioned that she starts all of her classes that way, which is why I say if you've been lucky enough to be a student of hers, then just know that's a really unique approach that she brings to these teachings. Yes. So, so Nani, I think Stacy's amazing. And <laughs> yeah, how long should we keep going? <laughs> let's, keep talk, let's keep talking around her while she's here. And without further ado, oh, hi, Stacy. You happen to be hi. here. Oh, hey there. Hi. So, the, so the, floor, the floor is yours. <laughs> hi, everyone. Thanks for having me. I'm so grateful to be in community with folks always, even though I have trained for nine years in graduate school to learn about our people's histories. I'm still learning as I go because the Philam experience is always changing because different things are happening to our community and the diaspora all the time. So you always feel as if you're in flux, you're worried about how you identify, you're worried about knowing enough. Just know that's always going to be an ongoing struggle because people change, our community changes. And so we just need to learn how to adapt but always adapt with the purpose of community. So I hope that resonates with folks. And yes, I do not like praise. So thank you, Jen and Nani, for doing that today. I think I needed it because I'm also going for a review. Um, I'm, I'm drafting ethnic studies curriculum for our community college folks. If everyone, if anyone is interested in that, a lot of community colleges are trying, especially in California, are trying to get ethnic studies off the ground, especially now that if you go to a CSU, you have to take an ethnic studies course in order to graduate. So again, if you can't afford all the classes at a CSU, just know you can go to a community college to have that same quality of education, okay? So again, in community with folks via education, your education is only good if you feel liberated because of it. I want folks to also know that. Ooh, that should be the title of this episode. <laughs> I feel like that should be like on your business card. Side you know, note for Dennis. Yeah, that's your new tagline <laughs> right there. Education, <laughs> what did you say? Say it again. Uh, Oh, no. Education is only good if you feel liberated because of it. So a liberatory education Amen. is the yes. only moment you really should seek. It should empower you to want more for yourself and to want more for others, which I know is super corny. I'm corny with everything else I do except for myself. Um, <laughs> yes. But in terms of like mindfulness, why it's good to practice. I didn't learn about it until I got into graduate school, but in the moment of the pandemic. I knew about it, but I didn't practice it. And when we were all at home and we still were forced to teach, you know, as TAs, as adjuncts, as professors, when we, we had to teach and we saw that our students, it was just difficult for even the instructors to go to online campus. Yeah. You know, that's when I thought, you know, I go to all of these DEI trainings. They do remind us about mindfulness. I should probably actually practice what I preach as a BIPOC radical feminist scholar activist, I should do that. And so I will always try to share mindfulness. It's hard to do because it requires you to sit and be with yourself. Yeah. That's hard for a lot of folks. Yeah. So we'll practice one today, but of course it's Film History Month. So yeah, now I will share some history as we do mindfulness. So let me just share my screen. So if folks can see this. Yeah. Got it. Yes. Okay. So this was something I did with the Belosan Center during the pandemic. I think it was like the second year into the pandemic. 
And a lot of Filipinas for Philam History Month and for Women's History Month. And then we had API DA Heritage Month. Just this conversation about what Asian women were going through in the midst of the pandemic. And we know all the atrocities committed against Asian women of Asian descent in the United States during the pandemic. And so this was just an opportunity to, you know, bridge the online community together to find a space to retreat and just be with one another as we were grieving. So that's what this mindfulness session became, I think, throughout the month of March for Women's Women's International History Month. But of course, it was for Filipinas. And so I wanted to make sure folks knew and could be feeling, you know, empowered, knowing Filipina history. And so I was trying to highlight and spotlight um, heroines, you know, sheroes, who both in the Philippine diaspora in the Philippines and in the United States, like, who were they? If we had to count them down because a lot of folks don't know that history. And that makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. History is normally written by those who have power. And BIPOC and Indigenous and women of color are normally seen as those who don't have power. So I just want to highlight Clemencia Lopez to kind of ground us into this conversation of how we can be mindful of the intergenerational trauma we carry as we celebrate our own history and heritage this month. So who is Clemencia Lopez? Uh, Clemencia Lopez was one of the co-founders of the Philippine Feminist Association in 1906. This is immediately after the Philippine-American War. Her interpretation of Filipino feminism was centered on community welfare and support with Filipinas at the lead of social projects. In her anti-war and anti-imperialism speeches and letters, Clemencia promoted the idea that true liberation meant the end of all forms of subjugation. For Clemencia, imperialism and patriarchy went hand in hand. And if the Filipina were to be free, she also had to participate in striking down imperialism. Her brothers were exiled for advocating for Philippine independence under American rule. Her family's ancestral home and their belongings were confiscated by the American military, forcing her to abandon her hopes for a college education abroad. To support her brothers, Clemencia would travel to the American East Coast and work with anti-imperialists and abolitionists. She enrolled in an all-women's college and would learn English in a matter of months. She was the first Filipina to enter the White House and argue with then-president Theodore Roosevelt to remove her brothers from exile and to end America's colonial grip over the Philippines. Wow. She would then go on to speak to white suffragists, explaining to them the horrors of colonialism and that under in Philippine history, Filipinas were always equal to their men, culturally speaking, and that white women should come to know the beauty of Filipina persistence and bravery that Filipino patriots have shown over the centuries. She would return to the Philippines and co-found the Filipina Feminist Association, and would help to lead community and public welfare projects. And in her lifetime alone, she witnessed and survived the colonial takeover of the Philippines by three entities, Spain, America, and Imperial Japan. Mm. It was only within the last 50 years that her work and intersectional and abolitionist philosophies would be remembered. So that's a lot. And wow. that, that wow. was a lot. That's How a lot. have we never heard her name? <laughs> exactly. And Teddy Roosevelt, she went to that White House to meet with him. He didn't meet with her, obviously, for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. But I just want folks to know that, you know, how active have Philippine folks been in terms of wanting self-determination and sovereignty for a long time? Yeah. And Clemencia wasn't just fighting for her independence and her people's independence. But she wanted to liberate her brothers. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's saying a lot. And, you know, my research was about the growth of Filipino feminism in the Philippines and how it transferred over to the United States. Filipinas are using the language of feminism before Europeans are using it even more widely. Mm. We don't really hear the word feminism in the United States until maybe like the 19 teens, 
maybe 1920s, but even then, it's a really small group. But already in the Philippines, 1906, Filipinos are saying, we just need to feed our countrymen and these children who are orphaned because of war. How do we do that? And that was feminism for Filipinas. So that's a lot. I hope folks feel empowered. And that's just, that's how I started these mindfulness exercises while also sharing Philam Filipina history. Because you're probably all, as you heard that, going through a lot of emotions. Like, why don't we know that? And I would give folks who attended these sessions a prompt. So what would you ask Clemencia Lopez if you had the opportunity? You know, feel free to use this time listening to my voice to reflect on this question. And what are other aspects of Clemencia's story that you wish you knew, right? And just, you know, you can word vomit it out on in your journal, on a Google document, whatever you think is great, or even just keep a mental note. Just taking time to write and to think and reflect, that's also an aspect of mindfulness. Because when you hear this information for the first time, your emotions all over the place, and that's okay. But can you write to it just to acknowledge it, right? Instead of just going in one ear and out the other. Thank you for opening up with that, mm-hmm. Stacy and Dr. Stacy. <laughs> and I like how you how you said it's okay if you feel lots of emotions because just you bringing her up and this is the first time Nani and I are hearing about her and knowing what she did. It is a lot to take in. And that's why I'm really happy that we're recording this because it's something I can come back to and, you know, process a lot better and even write about. So I just wanted to take a minute to, to thank you for validating our feelings even before we know that we're going to feel them. Mm-hmm. No worries. And, you know, I always as a historian and a community historian, I always think it's wonderful when we actually can hear and read the words of our ancestors to just know what they were feeling in that moment. And I just want to read off what she was saying to the New England Women's Suffragette Association. This is on May 29th, 1902. And the wonderful Clemencia said, I believe that we are both striving for much the same object. You for the right to take part in national life. We for the right to have a national life to take part in. Mentally, socially, and in almost all the relations of life, our women are regarded as the equals of our men. This equality of women in the Philippines is not a new thing. It was not introduced from Europe. In the name of the Philippine women, I pray the Massachusetts Women's Suffrage Association do what it can to remedy all this misery and misfortune in my unhappy country. You can do much to bring about the cessation of these horrors and cruelties, which are today taking place in the Philippines, and to insist upon a more human course. You ought to understand that we are only contending for the liberty of our country, just as you once fought for the same liberty for yours. Yep, that's a lot. She's saying so much with the time that she has. Again, people are supporting her speeches and her ability to go to this all-women's college so that she can know the language of the colonizer, but also try to empathize with them through a shared language and dialect. Because white women at this time also did not have the right to vote. They will not have it until 1920 when it becomes ratified. And she's arguing, regardless of your race or mine, I want you to know that as women, we suffer together. Help us gain independence in the Philippines so that women like me can continue this mission. She's saying so much, right? And this is very progressive for the time that she's speaking in. Imagine a brown immigrant woman going to this council of white older women who have never seen a Filipina in their life. And a lot of the comments in the newspapers, well, they portrayed Clemencia as, you know, a small brown delicate thing who is wearing her traditional costume of dress. And so you can already kind of hear how I'm describing it verbatim, it sounds discriminatory already. 
So she's going up to these committees of folks on a regular basis, asking them to support Philippine independence. So that's a lot for her. So, you know, just again, think of the emotions she's going through as she's speaking a third language for herself in order to communicate that freedom is freedom wherever you are and that the Philippines is deserving more than deserving of it. Yeah, gosh, I'm just taking that in. And, you know, to just think that she is described the way that you're saying, and she has to stand up in front of these people and look beyond that. She needs to look beyond everyone's perception of her mm-hmm. and try to relate to them, you know, to, to speak like, hey, we're on the same page here. I think we all want the same things. Mm-hmm. It's like there's so many layers to that for her to get to that place and speak with poise and, mm-hmm. you know, in like in a calm manner that I mean, if she did talk in a calm, I mean, I, I think I would assume she did. But like, mm-hmm. you know, just to know that, like, there's so much to that. And I think in a way, a lot of us can relate in a sense where especially if, if you feel like you're kind of the only in the room and you still have to show up anyway, you still need mm-hmm. to speak at the level that everyone else can relate to. There's a lot of mental gymnastics for that, you know? And so that's how I'm relating to her as I think about, as you talk about her. I have a couple of initial thoughts, which are, A, I love that you bring Clemencia into the spotlight here, because I think when we talk about Filipino history or Filipino-American history, there is often this very like black and white view of like, you know, which side are you on or mm-hmm. or whatever. But I really like hearing Clemencia's story, first of all. And I think, like you said, reading her actual words, like or hearing her actual words is super helpful because it helps paint more of a spectrum to this idea of, you know, freedom fighting mm-hmm. and all the different ways that you can approach it. And it reminds me actually a lot of Our members on the newfilipina.com or our book club members are going to hear me talk about this for like the 17th time. But this book that I read called The Three Mothers, and it was about the mothers of Malcolm X, James Baldwin and Martin Luther King Jr. And this story of Clemencia Lopez really reminds me a lot of how those three men represented such different approaches to the same freedom fight for black freedom. Mm -hmm. And so I really like to paint that same kind of, again, spectrum with Filipino American history and more specifically shown through Filipino American women, not just the men, Mm -hmm. because A, the historical figures in Filipino history are skim and limited to begin with. But Mm -hmm. to find women, I think a lot of what the emotions that come up for me are the same reason why, like with your book, and I guerrilleras. I have to practice saying that word. I have read it now like three times and I already need to read it a fourth time because it's just so much to take in. And you're like, oh, wow, I don't know what to do with all of this. That's like, you know, arising in me right now. So that's why I read it again and again and again. And I write blogs on it and I write journal entries about it. And like, I talk to you about it and I buy more books that can help me, you know, like Yai Pan. Panlilio's autobiography, The Crucible. I have yet to start that, but it's on my my desk right here. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like this rabbit hole that you dive into. Mm -hmm. And I like that figure by figure, you help us really take it slow by personifying them and getting to know them and reading or listening to what they actually said, like the words that actually came out of their mouth and the approach that they took. And 
the thought process that was behind it and these barriers that they had to break through, like Jen said, to even get to the places where they went to, you know, present these cases and try to get people to care. The second thing that this reminded me of is that I was actually talking to our editor, Dennis, who is in the Philippines, you know, on the TIFA project and on the new Filipino.com. We often share the little tidbits that he you know, after he edits our episodes, sometimes he'll have lingering thoughts or just, you know, wants to throw his two cents in as well. And I always, always ask him if it's okay, if we can, you know, share it on the show. And so after he edited our part one, which is the episode before this, he actually sent me a message and gave me the the green light to share it. So I just want to read it really quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before I forget, because I meant to open with that. Dennis, maybe you can cut this part and put it in the beginning. (laughs) Okay, so he says, so I just finished editing part one of last week's Tifa episode, and you mentioned something about the Marcoses, why suddenly no one's talking about it as loud as we've protested about the Duterte administration. Mm -hmm. Well, personally, I give up. It's hopeless now. I guess most of us accepted that we fought really hard to have Lenny Robredo be our Mm -hmm. president. We know she won. We know we won. But then she didn't because they say the results were there even before counting the votes. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I guess most of us gave up. Personally, I think we're no longer in control of the election results here. So I decided to just work as hard as I could and leave as much wealth that I can for my son so he can have the option to leave this country anytime he wants and have Mm -hmm. a better life somewhere else. Our political system is so uh, Mm -hmm. effed up. Mm-hmm. that we can even tell who's going to be the next president. It'll be Sarah Duterte, the daughter of our former president and now vice president, <laughs> a.k.a. the daughter of Satan. <laughs> She's trending right now here in the Philippines because she just spent over 125 million pesos of confidential funds in just 11 days. Mm-hmm. So I won't say um, this is kind of personal, but in all the years of my life, we have only had one decent president Ben, how do you say Benino Aquino? The rest were all corrupt and evil. So yeah, there's that. I guess most of us have just had enough and just focus our lives on getting richer and getting ready for what's to come. And I guess Stacy is also right. Some are just being careful. So what reminded me of Dennis's message when you were talking, Stacy, is how like the narrative, I guess, that keeps appearing even through these different approaches. You know, you have Clemencia Lopez, who is more like, you know, poised about how she brings this up. You have Gabriela Silong, who's like the radical revolutionary. You have, you know, like all these different approaches, but the narrative is the same. And when she said in that blurb that you just read about, you know, fix my unhappy country or something, it's like this lady was saying these words before my grandma was even born. And now here we have a real life perspective from someone in the Philippines right now in 2023, essentially saying the same thing. You know what I mean? And that just makes me feel really all kinds of like, Mm -hmm. not disappointment or like hopelessness, but like something in that arena to the sense of like, wow, these like efforts and pleas and all of this has just been so silenced. And it's so I guess frustrating is what comes up. The like underlying emotion that comes up for me is like frustrating how silent this has been and how much people have been talking for so long. And yeah, I guess I'll just cut it at that because now we're at time. So sorry for rambling. Um, 
That's good. Thank you, Dennis, for that. It is more than okay to say that you've done your best. That I mean, that resonated with me a lot. You've done your best. What else can you do when the system fails you? And again, the system that Philippine governance, even American governance was built on, was only through the destruction and extraction and removal of Native and Indigenous peoples. A country like that, it will not thrive on a false constitution. It cannot. I believe that entirely. And so I totally understand where Dennis is coming from. You did your best. You do your best for the next generation. And that's it. And it's hard. It's hard to reconcile that because we're so angry. I'm angry listening to Dennis's yeah. wonderful response and heartfelt interpretation of what we said, because it's like Filipinos will not own Philippine land. It's just they will not be able to govern on their land in a democratic way because of what was taken from us. And then how we internalize that take, but don't give back with the next generation. It's so frustrating. And yeah, you, what what is her name? Sarah Duterte. Yeah, no, she got she demon. You know, like that. I agree. Um, but yeah, it's just so much emotional, you know, frustration and it's pent up. And when you have these conversations with our elders, yeah, their experiences with it are just something else. And you'll get frustrated because some of them are pro and some of them are not, you know. And so where's that gray area? Because you love them. Where's mm-hmm. that gray area? It's hard to bridge that. Yeah. So it's traumatic in a sense we carry these burdens from one generation to the next. It's traumatic that we feel that we have to break off connections from one generation to the next because mm-hmm. of very politicized yeah. but cultural feelings. So shout out to Dennis because, my God, that got me in the feels. Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Dennis, for letting me share that. And yeah, I beg him every time we have these conversations to come on the show and have a real time <laughs> conversation. But, you know, in the meantime, I like that we can at least do it this way, you know, mm-hmm. by exchanging messages and talking about it on the show and including his perspective that way. I think it's a really special thing that we can include on this podcast is Dennis's perspective. Yeah. So anyway, thank you, Dennis. Thank you. We Dennis. love you. Did you yes. want me to do the mindfulness exercise? So yeah, like- we should probably get to that. Yeah, let's, let's like wrap up with that. Stacey, on your time, of course, because we're yeah. on your schedule. So you oh. let us know how you want to wrap this up. No, it sounds good. I, I'll choose the most corny mindfulness exercise I have okay. with my scissors. <laughs> so mindfulness is totally up to folks who are listening or watching. You can close your eyes if you want, or you can be in a, you know, a, I personally have eyesight issues and I get migraines easily. So I like calm yellow light ambiance, which is why if you're watching, this room is hella dark, you know? So again, you can just keep your eyes open or you can close them totally up to you. If you're sitting, that's wonderful. If you're standing, that's also wonderful. Just take this time to breathe. So I'll do the ASMR count off like I normally do. And we'll just do one cycle of it. And we'll do another cycle at the end of this entire mindfulness exercise but you're going to inhale through your nose for three seconds. I will count you off ASMR style, I promise. You're going to hold your breath for three seconds, and then you're going to exhale through your mouth for three seconds as if you're blowing out your birthday candles, all right? And I will count everyone off. So, all right. So we're going to be all up in our feels, which I hate to do because I'm super tiger mom. You know, that's not good. (laughs) But already there. We're already in the feels. For the sake of it, let's swim through our emotions together because it's a lot of it. Okay. So go ahead and if you want to, close your eyes. You're going to inhale for three seconds. One, two, three. You're going to hold your breath for three seconds. One, two, three. Now go ahead and exhale for three seconds. One, two, three. 
Now, if you want to continue to keep your eyes closed, I want you to imagine yourself standing in a space that has been the most comforting for you in your life thus far. Think of that space where you always go to, to calm down and wind down. Imagine that space and try to think of the familiar smells or even the breeze if it is outdoors, maybe even the familiar objects of that space. Imagine that space with every fiber of your being and imagination and go ahead and inhale. One, two, three, exhale. One, two, three. As you are standing in that safe zone in your mind, imagine how now another version of yourself appear in front of you. This version of yourself is when you felt your lowest, maybe your saddest, maybe your most lost self, maybe your most vulnerable version of your past self. Imagine them in front of you in that safe space. That version of yourself is standing in front of you right now in that safe space you imagined. Do you remember what you were wearing in that moment of vulnerability or what was on your mind that day you felt incomplete or lost? I want you to hold those feelings as you gently reach out in your mind and grab your other self's hand and breathe in. One, two, three, exhale. One, two, three. Continue holding your other self's hand, your vulnerable self's hand in your mind. Now imagine another version of yourself appear next to you. They're the version of yourself from a moment that you were most proud of yourself or the version of yourself where you felt so complete, where you felt loved and safe. What was that version of yourself wearing? Do you remember who you were with that day that you shared this moment with? Go ahead and inhale. One, two, three, exhale. One, two, three. I want you to also reach out for their hand. The three versions of yourself now are forming a triangle of self-reflection filled with love, so much forgiveness, and even more hope. Go ahead and inhale. One, two, three. Exhale. One, two, three. And tell your past selves, thank you, because it is from them that you are able to grow into who you are today. I want you to squeeze their hands of your past selves so tightly one more time letting them know how far you have come in this moment right now today. So again, everyone, thank you for being with us here today. Open your eyes if you kept them closed. I want you to inhale one more time. One, two, three. Exhale. One, two, three. And I want you to kind of practice that mindfulness wherever you are in the moment that you need three minutes, right? Your past selves, the ones that you don't want to look at again, and the ones that you are most proud of, you need to carry all of that with you because you're going to continue to grow. And it's always wonderful to look back. It's just, it might be hard to do, but it's worth it. That was my mindfulness exercise for folks. I hope it's helpful. Bravo. That Thank is- you. Yeah, so many can I thoughts, say, but we don't have time. <laughs> I can say really quickly before we go that it was so nice to do that like together. Because I think a mindfulness is something that people like to practice like in private, you know, in general. And B, it's not something that is really common in Filipino culture, period. So I just love that we're able to do that together and that we're able to share it with you, the listeners. And yeah, thank you for that, Stacey. Of course. My course, Stacey. My corny self, whenever you need her, she's there sometimes. No, I love that. I was so into it. (laughs) Yes. Well, thank you, Stacey, again, so much for your time and good luck in the next hour of what you have. (laughs) We'll be thinking of you next time we meditate and do our breathing exercises. 
Yeah. And wow, what a great part two of Filipino American History Month spent together. Thank you. Thank you for this. I love and appreciate you both. And to our listeners, we hope that you enjoy this and take these meditative practices with you as well. And with that, happy Filipino American History Month, everyone. Talk to you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Filipino American Woman Project podcast show. Ready to tell your story? DM us on Instagram at the Filipino American Woman to join us for our free five-day reflection series. Check out the show notes of this episode to subscribe to our free weekly newsletter for the latest show updates and episode releases. Lastly, if you're ready to dive into community, download our app and join us at thenewfilipina.com. That's all for now. Chat with you next time.